that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with, is that really in the Bible? Question, must you speak in tongues to be saved? Second question, is speaking in tongues evidence that you have the Holy Spirit of God? Third question, is there a secret prayer language that some people have? Now, you know, there's an incredible amount of confusion in this area, and it doesn't have to be. This is such a simplistic area, it's such a simplistic teaching that I wonder why people misunderstand this whole concept of speaking in tongues. There is no reason for you to be ignorant about this subject, none whatsoever. And I'm going to clear it up for you today. You know, one time I had a woman call our church and she was asking me about this subject of speaking in tongues. And I asked her, I said, well, I said, um, you say it makes you feel really good. Yeah, oh, it just makes me feel so good when I speak in tongues. And I asked her, I said, do, do you understand what you're saying? Well, no, 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 I just feel so good. I mean, it's just the most wonderful feeling I've ever felt, and I just feel wonderful. And I, I said, oh, wait a minute, do you understand what you're saying? And this woman went on a like a rage of just trying to convince me that it was one of God, and even though she didn't have a clue as to what was coming out of her mouth, it was of God, and, it, and the reason she thought it was of God is because it made her feel so good. That was it. Makes me feel good, so I know it's of God. But you know, drinking alcohol can make you feel good also. Does that mean that it's of God? Well, not necessarily. Uh, it can be downright evil if you overindulge in that stuff and become drunk or whatever. But, you know, there, again, there is so much confusion in this area. And this woman, you know, I finally had to hang up on this woman because she just, she got downright angry because I wasn't buying what she was telling me. And so finally, you know, the, the, the way sometimes to handle people, you know, the loose nut on the end of the shaft, it's just click. And you don't have to deal with these nuts anymore. Okay. All right. There, there was a, another magazine, a religious magazine, called Charisma. And it was talking about this subject. And it said that we should ask for our prayer language. We need to ask for our prayer language. And I was thinking, what for? What's wrong with the language English? After all, when I speak English, I do know what I'm talking about. And I think God understands English. But you know, the most, one of the most things, common things that I hear about this subject is that the way it makes them feel. It just feels good to do this. I just feel closer to God. I feel like a Christian when I speak in tongues or in a language or in some cases it's not even a language, but it just makes them feel good. Now you do know back in the 70s when the charismatic movement was a big thing, they, and this is actually a, a, a something that occurred back then, back in the 70s, they sent bilingual men and women out to these different congregations of these groups that were speaking in tongues. 
just to sit there and to listen what was going on. And one of the reports that they most commonly came back with was that, yeah, it was a language. Now get this, these bilingual men and women who went to these different churches back in the 70s, to these charismatic movements where they're speaking in tongues, they actually came back and said, yeah, it was a language. We understood what was being said. But what was coming out of their mouths, in many cases, was the most vile, filth, and cursing they had ever heard in their life. Now, I'm asking you, what spirit was that? You know the answer to that question. Did it make them feel good? Oh yeah, it made them feel good, yeah. I'm sure the people that were speaking in this gibberish or whatever it was, a different language, in this case, they said they documented that in many cases it was a language. In some cases, it was just a gibberish that no one could understand. It was not a language. But in many cases, it was a language, and what was coming out of their mouths was filth. Now, you've got to deal with this fact. What spirit is a person under when they speak in an unknown language? Or as people like to refer to it, an unknown language, which that's an error there. You know, the word unknown was added in the King James. It's, in, it's in italicized, which means it was added. It's not an unknown language. It's a language, you know, that, that it's a different dialect. Okay, here's what you've got to understand about the speaking in tongues. No real gift of the Holy Spirit is self-serving. When God gives a gift to you, it is not self-serving. It is for the purpose. God gives you a gift for a purpose. If God gave you the gift of healing, it would be for a purpose. What would, they, what would be that purpose? Well, for healing sick people. Okay, if God gives you the gift of languages, tongues, speaking in different tongues, it's for a purpose, okay? It's not all about, it's not about you. So one of the things you want to remember is that no gift of the Holy Spirit is just self-serving. It is to minister to other people, all right? In other words, there's always a meaning behind the gift. And you always want to look for what is the meaning behind the gift? What is the reason that God gives the gift in the first place? Okay, well, let's take a look at the reason. All right, Matthew, Mark, excuse me, 16 and verse 15. Mark 16 and verse 15 says this. Jesus had uh, commissioned them, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, man, this is, a, this is a, what's referred to as the Great Commission. And it's the beginning of the New Testament church, of spreading the gospel. And this is incredible. Go preach it to all creatures and to the, all the world. Now let's go back in time. Now they're sort of sitting around thinking, okay, first of all, they're thinking of a couple of things. They're thinking, okay, how will we get to them? How will we get there? You know, they couldn't jump on an airplane or something like that. Fly across, you know, first of all. So they're thinking, okay, how will we get there to them? But more importantly, how will we communicate the gospel? Because there is a language barrier here. How will we be able to communicate this gospel unto all the world? How will we get over this language barrier that's in between us? All right, that was their concern. Okay. Now, they were told to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Now, there was a promise that God said he was going to give to his church to empower them. Okay. All right, and so they're thinking, you know, we could sure use some help, especially when it comes to language, this language barrier that we have. All right, let's notice what happens. 
on the day of Pentecost. Okay, Acts 2 and verse 4. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. That's other languages. As the Spirit gave them utterance. All right, here's the answer to the question. And how we're going to do this, this is the meaning behind the gift. You always want to ask, what is the meaning behind the gift? Okay, here it is. All right, let's skip on down to Acts 2 and verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? In other words, they have the same dialect, okay? All right, here's the miracle. How hear we every man in our own tongue, our own language, wherein we were born? All right, the gift was multiple languages. I speak the English tongue, you speak the English tongue. They were given multiple languages. They were able to communicate the gospel in different languages. This is the meaning behind the gift, okay? And again, I ask the question, what is the meaning behind the gift of tongues? It is to spread and communicate the gospel all over the world. That's the purpose of the gift. Again, if God gave you the gift of healing, what is the meaning behind the gift? What is, it would be to heal. If God gave you the gift of healing, you wouldn't just sit in church and jump church pews and do something really crazy, would you? No, you would want to heal people. That's the meaning behind the gift. All right? All right. Mark 16 and verse 15. <coughs> Again, it said, And he said to them, Go there, therefore into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. All right, they were given the gifts of tongues, speaking in different languages, all right? Now guess what happened? Well, you guessed it, the same thing that's going on today. People started to flaunt their gift. People, you know, it's a strange thing. If you ever wanna know why there are not more spiritual gifts in the church, be it healing, be it tongues, be it whatever, it's because people cannot handle them. It goes to their head. Their ego kicks in, and this is what was going on back then. They started to flaunt their gift to say, hey, I have this ability to speak in different languages. Maybe you don't. You've got another gift, okay? And they begin to misuse the gift. And this is why there are not more spiritual gifts in the church, because people can't handle them. Their ego can't handle the gift, because they look at themselves, oh, I'm spiritual because I have this gift. I'm more spiritual than you. They can't handle it. And so they begin to flaunt their gifts, and Paul had to address this problem. And again, it's, it's so simplistic. There is no reason for the great amount of confusion over this subject. If you've been confused about this subject of speaking in tongues, you don't need to be. You really don't need to be. And it's only confusing when your ego reads more into the scripture than is there. And often our egos will do just that. We will want to take this gift and use it as a stamp of approval that God is with me. God has given me something, you know, the ability to speak in a gibberish that no one understands. I am more spiritual than you. It's, that's the reason there's so much confusion in this area. Okay, if you're an American and if you speak English and you go to a church where everybody speaks English, guess what? Let me reveal something to you that maybe has slipped by your pea brain mind. 
if you go to an American church, you're living in America, you go everywhere that speaks English at your church, you don't need the gift of languages. <laughs> you know, you got a problem with English? All right, you don't need the gift of languages. You don't need, there needs to be no one there speaking in a tongue because it's not needed, all right? All right, let's take a look at what the Bible says here. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. Now, this verse, you've got to understand this first and foremost. If you don't understand this verse, you will be confused, okay, about the subject of speaking in tongues. All right, this is what it says. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all the churches of the saints. If you go to a church and you are confused, you don't understand what's being said. Get out. Run like hell in the opposite direction of that church. Okay? That's just that simple. Because God is not the author of confusion. All right? You know, and some people will say, well, I have a special prayer language that I communicate to God with. Well, let me ask you a question. Does your God not understand English? What's wrong with English? Well, that's a, that's a language. Your God can't understand English, and so you need a special prayer language, right? Is that, is that what you're telling me? No, 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 God understands English. I guarantee you, God understands English. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, verse two. I'm reading from the contemporary English version. If you speak languages, there's the word, languages, that others don't, under, don't know, God will understand what you're saying, though no one else will know what you mean. You will be talking about mysteries that only the Spirit understands. Now, this is so simplistic. If I started speaking in a different dialect right now, guess what? You wouldn't understand me. But God would. Yeah. I would understand, you know, what I'm saying, but you wouldn't understand. This is so simplistic, okay? All right, again, you got to keep in mind, the purpose for the gift of language was to, was to evangelize the world. It was to communicate the gospel. All right, let's, let's continue on in verse 3. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, reading from the contemporary English version. But when you prophesy, now prophesy is inspired preaching, all right? You will be understood and others will be helped. They will be encouraged and made to feel better. Notice this. They're made to feel better because they understand what's being said. Do you get my point? They're not made to feel better because people are acting like a buffoon, lying on the floor laughing, speaking in a gibberish that no one understands. That's not why they're made to feel better. They're made to feel better because they understand what's being communicated. You know, I mean, you gotta understand this. This is so simplistic. <clears throat> they feel better because they understand. And I'm convinced that one of the, you know, it's like, if we don't understand, then we're not accountable. In other words, if we don't understand, there's nothing to miss, right? <laughs> yeah, if we don't understand, there's nothing to miss. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's the kind of church I want to go to. If I don't understand, there's nothing to miss. Yeah. I'll choose the church of my choice, one where I don't understand. Ugh. All right. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 5. This translation is the God's Word translation. And I'm using a different translation because you will be confused unless you lay out these scriptures in 1 Corinthians 14 about speaking in tongues. You need to compare script line upon line, compare different translations, 
and it will become crystal clear what Paul is talking about. All right, he says, I wish that all of you spake in other languages. Notice this. Paul said, I wish you all spake in different languages. But especially that you could speak what God has revealed. The person who speaks what God has revealed is more important than the person who speaks in other languages. This is true unless he can interpret what he says to help the church grow. It's all about church growth, don't you know? And if you don't understand what's being said, you're not growing in God's spirit. I can guarantee you that. You're just confused, and God is not the author of confusion. All right, next verse, verse uh, 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 18. He says, I thank God that I speak in other languages more than any of you. Now, Paul was bilingual. Paul could speak multiple languages. And he says, I speak in different tongues more than all of you. Yet, verse 19, in order to teach others in church, I would rather say five words that can be understood than 10,000 words in another language. I mean, yeah, this is a no-brainer. This is common sense. You go to church to understand. You don't go to church to be confused. Hey, let, let me tell you something. You, uh, yeah, you. You don't go to church to be confused. Why would you go to church to be confused? Does, does that make any sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. All right, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23. God's Word translation it says, suppose the whole congregation gathers in the same place and you speak in other languages. When outsiders or unbelievers come in, won't they say that you are out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I would say. If I went into the church and I couldn't understand what was being said, I would say these people are a bunch of idiots. I don't understand a single word that's being said. Paul says, won't they say you are crazy? That's exactly what people will say. Exactly. So, the question is, is speaking in tongues evidence that you have the Spirit of God? No. No, it's not. No, it's not. In fact, it may be evidence that you have another spirit that you are allowing to possess and take over your mind. Again, some of this ridiculous nonsense that I have seen on television, television evangelists, you know, the Sunday morning comedy hour, uh, it's, it's amazing. I've seen people acting like buffoons. I've, seen, I've heard of a spirit of laughter where people are just sprawled out on the floor and the women, they have to cover the women up with a quilt or something so they won't show anything, you know might get a leg shot or a thigh shot or whatever, so they had to cover them up. But they are just uncontrolled, now there's the word, <laughs> uncontrolled laughter. And they call it the spirit of laughter. Maybe you've heard about that. You know, you, you, you want to laugh? Go to a comedy club, for pity's sakes. You know? You want to see a circus? Go to the circus, circus, you know? I think they're having one in Roanoke just at the Civic Center. Ringley Brothers, or whatever they call it, you know, go to a circus if you want to see a circus. You know, you're going to the wrong place, you know. You're, ah, uh, man. So, we got to be aware of this. That, and you, you need to protect your mind. You can't control who knocks on the door of your mind. But you can sure control who you let in. You don't have to let in this kind 
of garbage and religious deception into your life. You know, if there is not meaning and purpose, and if you're not understanding, you are in danger of being taken over by an evil spirit. That's the bottom line. All right, is speaking in tongues evidence that you have a gift uh, of, well, it can be, yeah. Speaking, in, if, if, let me put it like this. If you were given a true gift of tongues, the first thing you'd want to do is find out what dialect it is. All right, who what kind of language is it? In other words, if you were, could speak to the Hispanics, you know, then evidently that would be proof positive that you're supposed to minister to people of that dialect. Okay? So that, that's, that's it's, in other words, the gifts of tongues is evidence that you have a gift of languages, the real gift of tongues, and you need to minister to people of that dialect. That's what it would tell you. Now, if you really want to know, okay, what does it mean to have the Spirit of God? Let's take a look at Acts 5 and verse 32. Acts 5 and verse 32. It says, And we are his witnesses of these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to them that obey him. To them that obey him. You know, God gives his Spirit to people who have surrendered their will to God's will. It is an issue of unconditional surrender. It is an issue of obedience to God. This verse says God gives his spirit not to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, not to a person who just says, I love you, Jesus. Not to the person that goes down to the altar and gives their heart to the Lord, but God gives his spirit to them that obey him. Why would you give your spirit to a bunch of rebels? A bunch of rowdy rebels that are not interested in doing a single thing you say. No, God gives his spirit to them that obey him. That's what your Bible says, okay? So, is that really in the Bible? Must you speak in tongues to be saved? No. Now, you know, I wish that was all there was to it. You know, but no, there's a little bit more to it than that. 1 John 2 and verse 4 says this. He says, He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. You know, if you, and, I, and again, I think this whole tongues thing is an ego thing. Um, if you really want the world to see that you're a Christian, to show the world that you're a Christian, you've got to do ten things. And it's called keeping the commandments to keep the Ten Commandments. And, you know, and it's an amazing thing. You, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to act stupid. You don't have to act holy or religious. You, know. you don't have to pray in public or anything like that. You just, by keeping the Ten, ten Commandments, people will be able to see by your actions that you are a, a sincere believer in the great God that you serve. That you believe in doing what God says to do. You take the Bible literally, okay? It's not just a book that you, you know, open up once every five years and read a few scriptures. You look at the Bible as how does God want me to live today? I want to live, how, what does it God, how does God say I should live today? 
What does the Bible say I should do today? How should I treat my parents? How should I treat my neighbor? What does God want me to do? What should I do when I'm tempted? What should I do when I see maybe an image or a billboard sign of a half-naked woman? How should I think when I see that? How should I live my life? And that's what you know, the law of God is all about. It tells you how to live your life. And more importantly, it tells you how to make your life work. Do you want your life to work? Yeah, I think you do. And I've met too many people who are religious, quote, religious, whose lives do not work. Their lives is a dysfunctional mess. And I'm thinking, man, if you're a Christian and your life is like that, I don't want anything to do with religion, or I don't want anything to do with your God. And that's the point. I don't want anything to do with your God, your version, your concept of your God. Because your God doesn't require anything that you do anything. And anybody can run around and say, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe. Any fool can say they believe in Jesus. Did you know that? Yeah. But this verse says, he that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments, is a liar. You, know, you don't want to be a liar, do you? You don't want to be proven to be a liar, do you? And the truth is not in him. Notice that. The truth is not in him. He that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So again, you want to prove to the world that you're a Christian? You want everybody to look at you and say, oh, I think that's a Christian. Keep ten things. Keep the commandments. And people will be able to tell that you're a Christian not by what you say, not by what you wear, not by that cross hanging on your neck, not because you speak in a gibberish that, that makes you look like an idiot and no one understands what you say. No. They'll be able to tell that you're a Christian by your actions, by what you do, by what you stand up for, and the things that you will not tolerate. That's how they'll know that you're a Christian. So is that really in the Bible? Must you speak in tongues to be saved? No. No, you've got to speak in tongues to communicate the gospel to, to foreigners. That's the purpose of the gift. And unless you're doing that, there is no need for the gift of tongues. I'm not knocking the gifts of tongues. I think the gift will be used later, toward the end, right before Christ returns, to communicate the gospel. It was going to be used for the exact same purpose it was given 2,000 years ago, to communicate the gospel to foreigners. And that's the reason, and that's the purpose for the gifts of tongues. So let there be no confusion about this subject. As I said, if you're going to a church where there is confusion and you don't know what's being said and it's just a big old circus show, get out and run like the devil in the opposite direction. Run like hell in the opposite direction because you're going to be profoundly deceived by this kind of nonsense. No, the gifts of tongues is for the purpose of communicating the gospel. It's not so you can feel good, okay? Nothing wrong with feeling good, but there's, you know, there's many things that make us feel good. And that's not the reason. No gift of the Spirit is self-serving. It's for other people. It's to minister to other people. No gift of the Holy Spirit is self-serving. It's not about you. It's about others. And that's 
what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program.